Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Cheryl Toth and Mike Sakopoulos, and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership. Tothy, have you ever had a job that made you just question your career choices? Um, yes. Early in my career, I was living in Chicago, and I thought I wanted to be in the music business, and I took a job with a booking agent who booked acts like Gloria Gaynor and the Shy Lights. Those of you listening who are old will remember those <laughs> groups. Um, they're very dated at this point. Maybe they're not even alive. Uh, yeah, and it, that was just a bad deal. This guy, I really didn't learn anything. He would just come in with like jelly donut stains on his shirt and uncombed hair. I think I lasted six months. That was not a good choice. <laughs> Ooh, well, I think we all have those moments where we're thinking, what, what am I doing? I should have done X. I should have listened to my mother. <laughs> I, I want to do over. Yeah. We've all had those moments, haven't we? Absolutely. Um, and for any physicians who are listening to us and thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. I've had that job. Well, we have the podcast for you today. Our guest is Dr. Sylvie Stacy, And Dr. Stacy just published a book called 50 Non-Clinical Careers for Physicians. That she did. Um, very interesting book. Dr. Stacy makes some great points, offers sage advice during her interview um, on this, this episode. So if you are looking to pull the ripcord, today's <laughs> podcast is for you. But before we get to Dr. Stacy, Tothi, what do we need to do? Oh, word of the show. That's right. Okay. What do you have for us, Mike? All right. Well, um, it's more of a phrase than a word, but in the spirit of today's show, I've selected the phrase non pro tunc, which is a Latin phrase meaning now is then. And it is used in law to correct past orders uh, to do things retroactively. And so I thought that that might be the right spirit for today's um, podcast. It's perfect. Nice. So on that note, Mike, Let's hear from Sylvie Stacy about non-clinical career options for physicians. My guest today is Dr. Sylvie Stacy. Dr. Stacy received her medical degree from University of Massachusetts. She trained further at Johns Hopkins, where she also earned a master's of public health. Dr. Stacy has been involved in addiction medicine, utilization management, and medical writing. In fact, she has a new book out in association with the AAPL. The book is 50 Non-Clinical Careers for Physicians, subtitled Fulfilling, Meaningful, and Lucrative Alternatives to Direct Patient Care. Dr. Stacy, welcome to Sound Practice. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. Uh, Pleasure to speak with you today. How did you become interested in non-clinical career options for physicians? Well, my interest actually began not long after I started medical school. Most of the first half of med school is lectures and, and classroom learning, of course, which I enjoyed. Uh, but there's also a clinical component in which they start introducing you uh, to clinical settings how to communicate with patients, how you conduct a physical exam, uh, developing your bedside manner, and so on. Uh, and it was during that time that I realized I didn't enjoy patient care enough that I really thought I could have a job that would require me to see patient after patient all day long. 
uh, and I liked everything that I was learning in the classroom, and I liked the science of medicine, so I didn't particularly want to quit, uh, but this did lead me to start looking into what I could possibly do after medical school other than seeing and treating patients in an outpatient clinic or hospital. Uh, so I, I started looking into options for doctors that didn't involve seeing a, a panel of patients every day and doing my own research and identifying um, mentors and, and other career paths. And that led me to the field of preventive medicine, which I ended up pursuing as, as my residency. Uh, and that seemed to have a very high percentage of, of doctors in non-clinical positions. And, and from there, I was just exposed to all of these varied options and uh, felt like I learned enough about um, about non-clinical options to sort of spread the word to other physicians. Well, well, excellent. And I imagine that that there are others that have a similar story, and there are probably uh, some physicians that have other reasons for being wanting to transition into a non-clinical career. Um, in your research or, or interactions, can you tell me some other reasons why uh, physicians might want to move into a non-clinical career option or path? Yeah, there are several different reasons that I've come across. So some doctors feel like they're not able to address systemic health-related problems by treating individual patients, and they, they want to make a larger impact on overall health and disease. And then there are some physicians who have a particular passion outside of patient care, such as health technologies or creative writing, and they want to be able to focus on those passions in their day-to-day -day work. Um, other doctors enjoy leading, managing, and strategizing, but they don't have the time to do that in their clinical jobs, or it's simply not a part of their responsibilities. And uh, along those same lines, there's some doctors who are fairly far along in their careers who realize that their years of experience lend themselves to a non-clinical position that, that really leans on the skills and knowledge that they've amassed through their years of patient care. Uh, so, so those are some of the reasons for wanting a transition that are positive ones. There's also a lot of physicians who consider non-clinical jobs more out of the challenges that they're facing or um, a negativity toward clinical medicine. For example, feeling so burned out or frustrated with their clinical job that they want to give up, but of course they still need to make a living. Uh, sure. Or they're, they're having a challenge associated with credentialing um, or unable to get a medical license, or maybe they've taken a long time away from clinical work due to having a child or a health problem, and they're encountering challenges getting back into patient care. And these are all perfectly legitimate and reasonable justifications for pursuing a non-clinical work. In these cases, doctors feel like there's essentially not a lot of other options for them. Understood. Now, you've done some work within, I believe, helped found an organization known as Look for Zebras. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so Look for Zebras is an online resource for physicians and health professionals focusing on careers and other topics related to our professional lives as doctors or healthcare providers. And it started out as a simple blog in which I posted articles about career satisfaction and in different ways to capitalize on your medical training and how to start various side hustles and so on. And I found that one of the topics actually of greatest interest to the people reading my blog seems to be non-clinical careers. Um, and it's grown over the past couple of years um, and currently also includes a job board for non-clinical and unconventional jobs for doctors and as well as job application services 
such as uh, resume and cover letter writing. So that has sort of sprung out of my own interest in, in non-clinical careers and, and the various things that I've done in my professional life to help spread the word to others. Well, I, I can say the website is is very well done. And for listeners of the podcast, we will provide a link in the show notes. Um, but it is it is well done and well thought through. All right. So when physicians opt for a non-clinical career choice, is that typically a permanent change or do they normally come back to clinical medicine? What are your thoughts on, on that? Uh, I don't believe that there's really a typical scenario for doctors after they start a non-clinical job. Yes, many doctors do permanently remain in non-clinical roles, but there are many who go back to clinical medicine as well. One scenario as well is for a physician in a non-clinical job to transition to another type of non-clinical job. Uh, So your first non-clinical role doesn't necessarily tie you to a particular type of work. Uh, and it's also quite common for physicians with non-clinical jobs to continue patient care in some capacity um, in management consulting, for example. I, I interviewed a, a management consultant uh, as part of the book I have coming out, um, and she has an arrangement with her consulting firm that allows her to maintain a clinical practice for a portion of her time. So many employers who hire doctors for non-clinical roles Uh, They recognize that there's value in keeping up your clinical skills, and they're willing to accommodate a certain amount of time outside of the office for that in many cases. Uh, So there there are all sorts of setups. There's all sorts of paths for doctors in non-clinical roles, and and our training uh, and the experience that we have as physicians really allows us to do what we want with our careers. And it can be tough to get back into clinical work if you've been out of it for a while, but it's not out of the question. Um, so I, I don't want physicians to think if they're transitioning to a non-clinical role, that's it for them. They can never go back to what they're used to doing. That's really not the case. Well said. Given the need for uh, clinicians and the fact that many physicians have been educated through state-supported universities, is there a moral argument here for not promoting defection from the practice? Uh, in a word, no. I don't think that there's an argument for that. Um, That said, some doctors feel strongly that they're morally obligated to treat patients, either because of how their education was financed or based on the oath that they recited at graduation or just due to the fact that they carry that MD or DO credential behind their name. Uh, For them, this feeling of obligation may cause them to stick with direct patient care and, and that's a perfectly fine decision for them to make for their own careers. Um, And the doctors that have this belief absolutely should keep seeing patients. Uh, In general, though, I feel that the moral argument is a weak one. Taking the example of of medical school financing, so I actually went to a state medical school. I went to UMass, which at least at the time that I was a student there, was one of the least expensive schools in the country because it's so heavily supported by state funding. And I am grateful and blessed to have emerged with very little debt because of that. But UMass, like other state-supported schools, doesn't have any specific rules for graduates about needing to spend a certain number of years treating patients within that state. It's not a requirement. So just as there's no requirement to practice in a certain geographic area, there's no requirement for graduates to practice clinical medicine of any specific type or for a particular number of years. And I think that an important thing to note here is that 
just because a doctor isn't treating patients in a certain area doesn't mean that he or she is not contributing to the health of the state's population. In fact, many non-clinical physicians can make a more widespread positive impact on a community than a doctor seeing patients. For example, a health officer of a state, county, or, or local health department, or a physician working in health policy. So any state that has funded the education of a doctor who is in one of these roles is almost certainly getting a lot in return in the form of a healthier workforce or economic impact resulting from that doctor's non-clinical work. I think that those are, are good points. Now, certainly, and you know better than I do, that there's a tremendous amount of time and, and effort and expense for someone to become a physician. And the fact that a, a person no longer wishes to, to actively practice medicine seems, and maybe this is my uneducated viewpoint, seems like perhaps maybe something went, went wrong. Are medical schools using the wrong criteria for admission if they admit people who then don't want to, to practice? Or are employers or regulators just demanding so much as to make the profession unpalatable? I certainly think that's a fair question. Um, though the majority of non-clinical roles still re rely very heavily on a physician's medical training and their clinical experience and their clinical decision-making and their knowledge of medical sciences. So there isn't necessarily something wrong there's simply something that has deviated from what's conventional for a physician. Um, so in my own case, I, I definitely don't feel like I made the wrong decision about going to medical school. Even though um, the majority of my time is spent on non-clinical work, I feel confident that I made a great decision going to medical school. And I use my medical training and my medical experience every day in my non-clinical work. Um, so I don't think that schools are using the wrong criteria for admission. And even if they try to do a better job of, of admitting only those doctors that would stay in clinical medicine, I think that would be a tough, tough thing to do because there are so few students who enter medical school already thinking that they will pursue a non-clinical career. So I think that that would be a challenge. And so you, you mentioned uh, employers as well. So to answer that question, are, are employers demanding too much? Some of them, yes, I do believe that that can be a contributor to, to burnout and, and a motivator for career transition for certain doctors. But I, I don't think that we can place all of the blame on them for those physicians choosing non-clinical careers. Doctors need to personally take responsibility for their career choices as well. Um, regardless of your role within your organization, if you feel that your employer is demanding too much, I think you should well, first go home and vent to your spouse and have a beer after a tough week, but, but then make your perspective as a physician known to your employer and explain why they're demanding too much and how it's impacting the patient care that you can provide. Um, and then get involved in making a change either through committee work or joining a task force or getting involved in your professional association. That is is excellent advice through and through. Um, I particularly like the venting to spouse and having beer as a, uh, a form of advice. Uh, these are the type of things that um, really those in, in the legal profession and my profession should encourage more frequently. My next question is, what are the steps in time involved for the average physician to move from a clinical practice 
to a non-clinical career? Is this something that is done usually over months, years? What, what type of, if someone is starting to think about this, what's uh, the average kind of time involved? Well, I think it's so variable from doctor to doctor and so dependent on individual circumstances. Uh, that said, if I had to generalize, I would say more months than years, uh, although for some physicians, it's something that they are considering for years before they, they make that transition to a non-clinical job. So I don't advise that anyone restrict themselves to a certain uh, time frame or, or process. Just take your own personal scenario and work with it the best that you can. I can give an example of what I might recommend for a common situation, which is a, a fully licensed and certified physician who has several years of experience, who is feeling like they want to change. Um, so in a case like that, I think that two very important steps that really set you up for a successful transition over to non-clinical work and that can actually be done in parallel are first to determine what your professional goals are and to figure out what your options are. Um, one of the most common things that I hear from doctors who are considering non-clinical work is that they just don't know where to start. They don't know what all the options are. And also many tend to lump all non-clinical jobs together as though it's one type of job, when in fact there are a lot of different jobs in a variety of industries and sectors with significantly different job responsibilities and work settings. And that, of course, is one of the reasons that I, I chose to write a book about non-clinical careers is to, to help inform physicians of what all of those opportunities are and how they differ from one another. So once you know what the options are, you can use those along with what you've determined are your goals and, and what factors are important to you in a job, and then figure out what specific career areas you want to pursue. And I think that having a cohesive sense of where you want to go in your career and why really sets you up for success in putting together strong application materials and convincing a company of the value you can offer during interviews. You mentioned the book, and in the title of the book, you refer to 50 different non-clinical career options. As you researched this and wrote the book, were there some of the 50 or one or two that were surprising to you as options that um, popped out and you thought, hmm, before this, I hadn't really thought about it? I think that all of them had at some point been something I had read about or had crossed my desk for, for some reason. The challenge for me really was finding uh, a good cohesive way to organize them all that made sense. And I tossed around several different ways to, to sort of group non-clinical types of jobs together, um, both by industry, by the extent to which you utilize your clinical training in the day-to-day -day work, um, as well as some other ways. So I guess what surprised me really is how varied they are when you consider them all together. There are a couple that I, that I wrote about that I have not experienced in my own career that definitely seemed um, more exciting to me than others um, and particularly interesting uh, options for, for a lot of physicians who are in, in the scenario of considering non-clinical careers. Um, so I can mention a couple of those. Oh, um, please, I'm interested. Yeah, so uh, one is pharmacovigilance or drug safety. So when most physicians think about the pharmaceutical industry and its jobs for doctors, they tend to think about clinical development or other work that's centered around bringing a drug to market initially. But there's so much that happens after a new drug is approved. Uh, a major task is monitoring the drug safety 
and as it's being used out in the real world without the strict criteria that was used in clinical trials. So the physicians are needed to review safety data and advise drug companies on adverse events, safety signals, issuing special drug warnings, or beginning post-marketing studies that should be conducted. So that is one particularly interesting area for non-clinical physicians. And one other one that I'll mention is um, management consulting is a, a really neat area for physicians who like bigger picture thinking and strategizing. Uh, so I, I mentioned that I interviewed a management consultant for the book uh, a few minutes ago. And um, so not only does she work with her employer to be able to keep her clinical skills up, um, she is able to focus most of her projects with the consulting firm to be working with healthcare companies that are facing difficult decisions like should they acquire another smaller company. And I, I do think that consulting firms are, are particularly interested in physicians many times because our, our approach to problem solving and our thought processes in clinical work are somewhat similar to what consultants use in answering business and management questions for consulting clients. Very interesting. Now, any experience with or do you know anyone who has selected a non-clinical career option outside of the, the boundaries of, of the country? So this one, I'm not too sure about because I've, I've focused so much on options within the United States. You know, one thing that I did notice in researching the book that I wrote is that European countries seem to have a lot more formal training opportunities for physicians interested in working in the pharmaceutical industry specifically, uh, and how uh, the extent to which their physicians end up working in pharma companies more so than in the U.S., I'm not sure about that, um, but I I think that if I were to explore the topic more, there would probably be more country-to-country -country differences that I would come across. I can also say that my blog gets a lot of interest from international medical graduates who are either unable to match to a residency here in the U.S. or who want to work in the U.S. and have already completed a residency in their home country and just really are not interested in doing another whole residency here in the U.S. Sure. in order to obtain a medical license. So I can say that there are a lot of doctors using their clinical experience and training from their countries for non-clinical work here in the U.S. Very interesting. Okay, as we approach the conclusion of our, our time together, Dr. Stacy, can you give me three questions that a physician should ask him or herself in preparing for a non-clinical career pathway? Yeah, uh, so for physicians considering a non-clinical job because of stress or burnout in their clinical jobs, one, one piece of advice that I often give is to avoid making a career change out of frustration. Uh, being exhausted and disengaged can really cloud our decision making. So if you're in that situation, one question to ask yourself is, do you truly dislike patient care? Or do you just dislike your current clinical job? Or do you just dislike the type of patient care that you're doing or the setting in which you're doing it in? And if one of those latter situations applies, it may not be a non-clinical job that is going to satisfy you. It might just be a transition to a different type of clinical job. Um, and in fact, I could write an entire other book on the unconventional types of clinical careers that are available. So before anyone decides that they wanna stop seeing patients entirely, I really think they should ask themselves if they truly 
are disliking patient care enough that they want to transition to non-clinical work. Another question uh, that applies more to both to physicians that are feeling frustrated and burned out and those that are pursuing non-clinical jobs for other more positive reasons is how non-clinical work align with your professional and personal goals. I think that each job change that we have in our careers needs to somehow move us toward the goals that we have or help us to further define them. And so asking yourself this question will help you select the right type of role to pursue, and it will also help you convey your interest in a job when you're applying and you're interviewing. And then a, a third question, I would say, ask yourself how, how do your clinical skills and other skills transfer to a non-clinical job? Uh, so a lot of physicians wishing to transition from clinical work feel like they're underqualified for all of the non-clinical opportunities that they come across because they don't have experience in that industry or they haven't done the, the particular type of responsibilities described for that position. Um, but our clinical work relies on a lot of the same skills that are important for non-clinical jobs. Um, these include both soft skills such as communication and technical skills like um, quality improvement techniques or statistical analysis. So coming from clinical work, it's important to think broadly about your skills and how they might be applied to different types of responsibilities outside of an outpatient clinic or a hospital. And as with the previous question and asking yourself what your goals are, this can also really help you demonstrate to potential employers that you're a good fit for a position. That is much for us all to, to think about. My guest has been author and physician, Sylvie Stacy. Dr. Stacy, thank you so much for your time. The book is 50 Non-Clinical Careers for Physicians. It is published by the American Association for Physician Leadership. It is an excellent read, and I highly recommend it. Dr. Stacy, thank you very much for being a guest on Sound Practice. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Hey, Mike, Dr. Stacy was great. She really gave a lot of information about alternative careers for physicians. She did, didn't she? I, I liked her thoughtful, measured approach. I could imagine that so many physicians out there would take the, uh, the old Johnny Paycheck song approach to things, take this job and shove it kind of approach to practicing <laughs> medicine. But that's not Dr. Stacy's view whatsoever. No, but I, I do love that song. Uh, but but <laughs> Dr. Stacy is a lot more sophisticated and nuanced than that. And I think that any physician who's thinking about exploring non-clinical options should check out her new book. Which, by the way, is published by AAPL. That it is. Well, Tothi, that brings us to the end of another episode of Sound Practice. I hope that everyone enjoyed our interview with Sylvie Stacy. If you did, please consider rating us on our website, soundpracticepodcast.com, or on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Yes, that would be great, and we would appreciate it very much. And if you would prefer to give us feedback directly or make a suggestion about the podcast or a future topic, please email us at feedback at soundpracticepodcast.com. Please join us next time on Sound Practice. Don't forget, we release a new episode every other Wednesday. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. 
Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org. Pat is holy cow, but man and Robin, Rick will